the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And a glorious morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday. Is it a Wednesday or is it a Thursday? I lost my place for a second. It's a Thursday morning, the sixth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2020. This week has gone so amazingly well for President Donald Trump. I don't ever want it to end. Maybe that's why I want to go back a day. And I want to start this morning by doing what we should all be doing. After yesterday's 4 p.m., vote to acquit the president of the most ridiculous, insulting, unconstitutional, pathetic, premeditated, attempted coup d'etat of a president of the United States in the history of our great republic. We should all be celebrating the overwhelming victory over political corruption, over deceit, over duplicity, over deception, over Democrats. I don't know about you, but I had a really good time. I had a great time yesterday at 4 o'clock as I listened to that roll call vote. I had a great time hearing the announcement from Chief Justice John Roberts that President Donald John Trump 
is hereby acquitted of charges levied against him by the pathetic, reprehensible, partisan, lying House Democrats. It was a great time at 4 o'clock listening to justice being done. And the best part of the celebration was the view of the other side of the aisle during the party. Watching the liberal Democrats in the Senate struggling to stay afloat as they drowned in lake hypocrisy made even deeper by their own liberal tears that's the only thing that made it even better justice is a glorious thing Righteousness is a glorious thing. Made even better by the death of wickedness. Made even better by the loss of evil intentions. And then I had an even better time. Four o'clock was great. Seven o'clock was better. Because at 7 o'clock we started the best kind of party. What kind of party? It was the acquittal party. We got together, I want to say a couple hundred strong, off the cuff. Without any pre-promotion other than mentioning it on this show. Nowhere else. We got together in Westlake. And a couple of hundred patriots raised a glass and raised their chins high. Feeling the pride that comes with justice and victory. And as we raised our glasses, we also raised to the heavens the physical articles of impeachment taken directly from the House of, uh, um, the, uh, excuse me, the House of Representatives' congressional website is what I'm trying to say. I printed the official um, articles of impeachment, nine pages of text that the Democrats wrote, nine pages of lies, nine pages of fabrication, nine pages of partisanship, and I took it to the party at Time War Bar in Westlake last night, and a couple hundred patriots strong helped me tear those sons of bees right in half, exactly as Nancy Pelosi did of the pre- with the president's speech. And I got to tell you, I haven't felt that good in a long time. You talk about quid pro quo, you tear up the president's speech, his forward-looking celebration of all things America for all different Americans. We tear up your pathetic articles of impeachment that you, Nancy Pelosi, didn't even believe in. You didn't want to. You didn't want to have the impeachment inquiry. 
You did not want them to draft articles of impeachment. You did not want to vote on articles of impeachment. You did not want to send articles of impeachment over to the Senate because you knew the entire thing was a crock, but you were pressured by the leftists, the squids, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, Sharia Tlaib, Jihad Omar, and Ayanna Presley. You let them bully your 97-year, I'm sorry, I have that inverted, 79-year-old Skeletor-looking bones into pushing that thing through and it will be your political legacy that you pushed through the only fully partisan impeachment in the history of the republic you nancy pelosi allowed yourself to get bullied into pushing forward exactly what the founding fathers said we should never push forward a fully partisan impeachment in which all members of one side or rather only members of one side uh, wanted the president removed from power. As a matter of fact, three on your side voted to not advance those articles of impeachment, to not push those things to the Senate to have a trial. You did exactly what the founding fathers did not want to have happen. You used the extraordinary last resort legal remedy to remove a president who had committed crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors, you used that, uh, what the Founding Fathers did not want you to use to advance exactly the opposite. One-party partisan make-goods, and that's what the two articles were. They were a pair of make-goods to your public voting base. You promised them when Hillary Clinton lost the election, it's okay, we'll get rid of him. We'll find a way. We will impeach him. The lawyer. For the quote-unquote whistleblower, Eric Charamella, announcing literally the day of the inauguration that the, uh, the coup against the president, the impeachment proceedings, have begun. The Washington Post literally running the same headline 20 minutes after the inauguration. The impeachment of Donald Trump has begun. Everything that was done was done with lawlessness. Everything that they did in the House was an absolute affront to all things just and true. Every bit of it. The lack of due process for the president, the lack of witnesses being called by Republican defenders of the president, the lack of questions being forced to be answered by the witnesses the Democrats called, if Republicans were asking those questions. Leaked transcripts of testimony, only the most damning of which were were, uh, to the president. Those were the only ones allowed to be leaked. Anything that was positive to the president was buried. The most partisan investigation and impeachment sham of an inquiry in the history of this great republic. And what do they do after the the Senate rightly and justly acquits the president? They complain and they gripe that it was the trial that was the The sham. The president's acquittal will be meaningless. Well, he will not be acquitted. You cannot be acquitted if you don't have a trial. This can't be a real acquittal. This trial is no vindication. In fact, it's a rush to a cover-up. There will be a permanent asterisk next to the acquittal of President Trump. People around the world are watching us going, this is what you want for the rest of the world? I mean, what a sad, sad moment. I think it's a sad (laughs) day for the so-called Republican Party. You know, they're going to need to find their souls. Good luck to that. And Russia, if you're listening... 2020 is open for investigations. The elections may not have a fair result. 
The very charge goes to the fairness of our elections. This is going to be an enormous stain on the United States Senate. It's, it's actually quite scary. I think we're at a very scary moment. The Dershowitz argument, frankly, would unleash a monster. We have a constitutional As monarch. we listen to we're these Donald demon rats the complaining and crying, both liberal Democrat elected officials and media alike. I think we should dance a little bit, don't you? That was the main thing that will be it for America as we've known it. It's official. Nothing means anything. Right is wrong, up is down, Missouri is Kansas. Super Mario Invisibility Star. That's what he can do. Today's acquittal does not equal an exoneration for the president who will remain impeached forever. He remains acquitted forever. Acquitted forever. 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 Let it ring in your ears, demon rats. Let the sound of justice prevail throughout the land. Let us celebrate the victory of President Donald Trump in the sham impeachment trial and the coming victory in November of 2020. The Bob France Authority, partying with you and with Jim Jordan coming up at 9.35 on AM Somebody who said the impeachment vote was still too close made me nervous. No, no, it wasn't. Do not think 5347 and 5248. Remember, they needed 67 votes to convict. They fell 20 votes short, for goodness sakes. It was not close. It was a rout, which is exactly what it should have been, because it never should have been sent over with zero, zero votes to uh, to uh, push the... Uh, Articles of impeachment to the Senate from uh, the Republican Party. It never should have been pushed over. It's pure partisanship from the House. They had no evidence whatsoever. None. They admitted as much when they came over to the Senate and said, we need new witnesses. We had 18 on the House side. Wasn't enough. We need more documents. We had full subpoena power of all documents on the other side. Wasn't enough. We don't have enough evidence, but we still want you to convict the president. <laughs> It's a comedy, and that's why we are right to celebrate today. That is the way I like it. Thank you, KC, and your Sunshine Band. 216-901-0945, We're going to celebrate and talk about this with uh, Jim Jordan, Congressman in Ohio's 4th District, coming up here in about 10 minutes. Also, Dr. Everett Piper will join us to lend his analysis to the proceedings this week, coming up at 1010 this morning. Let me go to the phones. Uh, look at this. The politically incorrect mechanic himself, Charlie, from Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood. Hey, Charlie, you were at the party last night. How you doing, my man? Morning, Bob. I'm doing great. I'm doing better than I was last night, watching all the meltdowns all over the place uh, <laughs> with these these liberals they have nowhere to go now but but they're all hailing Mitt Romney because he 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 stood up for what he believed in and he was the only one that was honest takes a lot of guts to vote for something that has no direction whatsoever 
You still there, Charlie? Uh, oh, yeah, your phone yeah, cut out. Your, your, your but, phone cut out for a second. I thought you lost it. Continue. Yeah, but uh, but actually, uh, no. The, uh, I, your all your last night when I got home, I uh, I discovered some uh, uh, alternative song lyrics from a Charlie Daniels song, and I'd like to I'd like to. Oh, I saw air. that okay. somebody sent. Yeah, somebody sent those to me last night, and you know what I did with them? <laughs> you know what I did with them? What you do? I tweeted uh, them to Charlie Daniels himself. Char- Charlie Daniels of the Charlie Daniels band, who you know, Devil went down to Georgia and the Wooly Swamp. No, he's a very active conservative on Twitter, right? He is a very, very yep. active patriot and a mad man of deep faith. He is a very, very popular figure on Twitter. And as soon as somebody sent me those, I literally tweeted them to Charlie Daniels. I'm going to keep checking his feed all day to see if he sees them and to see if he responds to them because they are brilliant. Go ahead. Okay. The devil bowed her head because she knew that she'd been beat. And she laid her golden pen down at the ground at Donald's feet. Don said, Nancy, you come back now if you ever want to try again. I told you once, you drunk old witch, I'm the best there's ever been. Fire on the mountain, run, Dems, run. <laughs> you're going to keep going. What are you stopping for? I, I, don't, I don't know. That was, that was all I said. Oh, that's all you got. That's okay. I'll give you the can you dig it anyway. I, uh... Charlie, I want to thank you for coming out to the party last night. I want to thank you for bringing your family, your beautiful, beautiful wife, Fran, your two beautiful children. Your son is adorable. I hope it wasn't too loud and obnoxious in there for him. But uh, but thank you so much uh, for no, coming out and fine. supporting. It was a great time. Thank you have fun? You. Appreciate it. It was great. Oh, yeah, we right. had a great time. It was a little rough riding home, but... Yeah, you know, we're not. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was an ice rink on the way home. But you know what? I'm so glad so many people came out. I really appreciate it. Seriously, all the support. Thank you, my friend. Bye. You got it. Charlie, the politically incorrect mechanic. Good guy. One of the strongest supporters of the show. And uh, he was there last night with bells on. All right. With his uh, with his garage shirt on, with his work shirt on. Uh, <laughs> but he came right out. Charlie, or excuse me, uh, Mark is in Fairview Park next. Hey, Mark, you're on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. I just want a quick call in. I turned the TV on there and uh, I'm watching this national prayer breakfast. The president got a massive standing ovation, you know, and then he goes on the attack. He's I don't like the people, people uh, who are attacking, those who are using their faith to attack him. And uh, also, you can see that with Romney and also the so-called good Catholic uh, uh, Pelosi. But here, she's there sitting there up on the main stage. Here's this nervous Nancy sitting there like a complete fool. I can't even imagine, you know, I can't even imagine her coming to an event like this. Because Trump, he's on the warpath, you know. The, the woman needs help. Well, she's she's say. kind of well. Thank you, uh, Mark. I appreciate the call. Thank you, buddy. Um, it, she's kind of obligated to be there. Um, it's it's precedent. It's tradition. It is just part of the um, uh, the tradition of the of the government. Um, the national prayer breakfast. The president is there. The speaker is there. Um, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm. I'm not surprised she was there because of the obligation. But I am surprised that she didn't stand up and uh, and rip her napkin in half uh, just to send a message to the president. Uh, it, seriously, she is. She is gone. I think the president broke her. I think the president broke a lot of the uh, demon rats in office and in the media. 
on uh, Tuesday night, and uh, I would not be surprised to see more theatrics from her. So she was obligated to be there. The only thing that surprises me, and I didn't see it because I came on the air at 9 o'clock, obviously. The only thing that surprises me is if I don't learn that she did something uh, bombastic and uh, something that, again, uh, provides evidence that she and the Democrats are broken by Donald Trump. Okay, it is 9.30. If you're on hold, I'm going to ask you to stay there, and I'm going to ask your indulgence, beg your indulgence, because we got a clear room for Congressman Jim Jordan, who's been one of, those, one of the most stalwart defenders of the president and the presidency. He'll join us next. Great morning to you. Thanks for joining us. What a week. That's the other thing I told the party last night after we did our uh, commemorative tearing in half of the articles of impeachment just to let Nancy Pelosi know what we thought of her stunt uh, at the State of the Union address. What a week. Think about how everything kind of played out. On Monday, we get the president's approval rating. It is a best 49%, the best of his presidency since he was inaugurated, 49%. And it comes as the demon rats are trying to impeach him, as they are lying about him, slandering him, continuing to uh, accuse him of crimes that were not crimes, crimes that that he did not commit, etc., etc. And he gets a 49% approval rating. 3% 3% higher than Barack Obama had, despite fawning, adoring, loving, glorious media coverage in his uh, first term. Extended through his second term, for that matter. But anyway, 49% for the president. Then, Monday night, the Demon Rats proved that they can't even properly run a one-car funeral, uh, which is essentially what the, um, uh, the uh, Iowa Democratic uh, primaries are going to be. It's just going to be a march toward their inevitable political death in November. But they couldn't even run it in Iowa. Simple caucuses, they couldn't just put everybody under the right banner and count the people. No, they still 48 hours later, we didn't have the 100% of the results in. So you got Democrats falling apart as the president surges. Then Tuesday, you get the State of the Union address, which is a grand slam in and of itself. Then Nancy Pelosi gives the president about $100 million of free advertising with campaign ads of her tearing up uh, what I'm sure she wishes was was the Constitution instead of the president's speech. Uh, so, again, going great guns. And then yesterday, the actual uh, acquittal, which we knew was coming but was glorious to see anyway. And the Democrats cannot stop crying about it. Um, I want you to listen to Vice President Mike Pence, who responded to some of this in an interview uh, yesterday with uh, the Daily Caller. And uh, this is what he had to say about uh, Nancy Pelosi's behavior uh, during the State of the Union. No, I think it was a new low. Yeah, I served in the House of Representatives for 12 years. And, And the State of the Union is a tradition when the Congress comes together, when the House and Senate welcome the president to the Capitol for a report on the State of the Union to address the nation. And the contrast was remarkable. President Trump uh, made a speech that was focused on America. And I thought by her actions, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi tried to make it about her. And uh, I think the American people see through it. uh, The progress we've made over the last three years is incredible. As I sat, as I listened to the president deliver the story of a a blue-collar boom, a growing economy, a rebuilt military, standing tall in the world, standing up to our enemies, standing with our allies, over 180 conservatives on our federal courts. The progress that we've made as a nation, 
uh, I, I couldn't have been more proud to have President Trump's back last night and uh, couldn't be more excited to be out on the campaign trail today telling his story here in Pennsylvania. I really love Mike Pence. I do. I love him as a vice president. I love him as a man of faith. I love him as a man of integrity. I love him as a man who uh, has President Trump's back. I love uh, everything that he does. He's, uh, he's phenomenal. And uh, now from his discussion of Nancy Pelosi, arguably the worst, most embarrassing Democrat of the week, um, and the reason I say arguably is we move on now to Mitt Romney, who might be an even more embarrassing Democrat. That's right. You heard what I said. Mitt Romney is no more Republican than Nancy Pelosi is or AOC is. Mitt Romney is a liar. He is a backstabber. He is a cheat. And he tried when he cast his vote to convict Donald Trump on the first charge abuse of, of power. Uh, he tried to justify it with his faith, claiming this is what God would have wanted him to do. This is what he said to Chris Wallace prior to the... Talk about the consequences. You realize this is war. Donald Trump will never forgive you for this. There's a, uh, there's a hymn that is uh, sung in my church. It's an old Protestant hymn, which is, uh, Do what is right, let the consequence follow. Uh, I know in my heart that I'm doing what's right. I understand there's going to be enormous consequence, and uh, and I don't have a choice in that regard. That's why, that's why I haven't um, uh, been anxious to be in the position I'm in. I, I want to uh, I want to play a couple of things in response to that. Number one, the first one is from Brian Kilmeade on Fox, uh, speaking to Mitt Romney's claim that his faith is what drove him to do the only thing that he could do. He didn't have a choice in the matter. What's right is right. And she did it. Uh, but if she winds up getting censured or an ethics violation, that uh, is crazy. By the way, regarding Mitt Romney, you know, uh, it was bipartisan in uh the vote for conviction by one, Mitt Romney. All right, shut up, Steve. I don't want to hear from you. I only want to hear what Kill Me Dead say about this because um, this is the this is the important part. Convictions. His faith yeah. is very important to him. He felt like. Please don't bring religion. I mean, now you're not bringing into it, but I'm saying for him to bring religion into this has nothing to do with religion. My faith. Uh, it makes me do this. Are you kidding? Well, what about your faith in this case meld together? I mean, that is unbelievable for him to bring religion into this, his faith. We already know how he felt. He gave a speech at 12 noon on his candidate, Trump, how unworthy he is for the office. This was his opportunity to show it. To me, it has nothing to do with faith. Please. He has had a years-long feud and vendetta against the President of the United States, Mitt Romney has. This was just his best chance to jam the knife into Donald Trump's back one more time. And that's why the Trump campaign released a video almost immediately after Mitt Romney's backstabbing, lying, and and completely, uh, what's the word I want to use, hypocritical claim, I guess, that it's his faith that drove him. No, it is the fact that he is a snake. He is a two-faced lying snake. That's what Slick, it is. Slippery, stealthy. Mitt Romney had us fooled. Being in uh, Donald Trump's magnificent hotel and having his endorsement is a, a delight. Posing as a Republican, he tried to infiltrate Trump's administration as Secretary of State. President Trump is the very man who can lead us to that better future. Now his cover's blown. Exposed by news reports as a Democrat's secret asset. I can't believe you're going to lose. Yeah. 
Barack Obama will be re-elected president of the United States. Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, we're now gone. And so you start looking at the Romney math and you're saying, well then, what's Plan E? Tears in a gloomy atmosphere as supporters left the convention center in Boston following Romney's concession speech. That was a race, I have to say, folks, that should have been won. I wouldn't call anything encouraging for Hillary Clinton at the moment, to be honest with you, my friend. Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. I think as much as anything else, in addition to the obvious feud and, like I said, kind of a vendetta that Mitt Romney has had against Donald Trump for for a long time, I think that the envy... The jealousy, the, the, the pure, deep, uh, seated, heartfelt jealousy that Mitt Romney has that he lost his presidential election bid and Donald Trump. Mitt Romney's been in politics for virtually his entire life. Mitt Romney was a governor. Mitt Romney, uh, has, has just been, uh, either in office or running for office for most of his professional life. This, of course, after his years as a, uh, an investment banker with Bain Capital and his, all of his uh, little skeletons in those closets notwithstanding. Mitt Romney tried to win the presidency, and here comes a, a, a complete political novice, a neophyte, an outsider, who comes into his world, to his world, and wins the unwinnable race. Mitt Romney had a better opportunity against Barack Obama than Donald Trump, the nobody, the neophyte, should have had against uh, Hillary Clinton. You remember what the polls said. You remember what the prognostications were. You remember the laughing? The hysterical laughing on late-night television, on cable news, on Sunday morning news. The idea that Donald Trump could win the nomination for the Republicans. (laughs) And then when he won... (laughs) The idea that Donald Trump could beat Hillary Clinton? (laughs) I mean, they laughed hysterically at the idea. She was going to win so overwhelmingly, it was going to put the Reagan win over Walter Mondale to shame, right? And then he won. And that, I think, sticks in the gut, in the craw, in, in the throat or whatever of Mitt Romney as much as anything else. This guy won an unwinnable race. He, uh, Mitt Romney, lost a race that actually he should have had a chance in. And that is, this is why he, he called President Trump everything under the sun but a man, but yet took his endorsements in the 2012 presidential race and in the 2018 race for that Utah Senate seat. He took the president's support and then turned around at every opportunity and stabbed him in the, in the back. And since President Trump just keeps winning, this was his last chance. And to drape it, to hide it, to cloak it, in his faith, saying, I just didn't have a choice. It was my faith that drove me to this decision. What faith? Brian Kilmeade was 100% right. This had nothing to do with faith. This was years-long jealousy and anger and rage all wrapped up into one. And Mitt Romney's career is over. Did you see the moment he announced that he was going to vote for conviction and vote to remove the President of the United States from office? Matt Schlapp. The president of uh, of uh, 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 the conservative uh, uh, CPAC, uh, American Conservative Union, ACU. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, but CPAC, he's uninvited. 
Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney will not be invited to speak or even attend CPAC. He is persona non grata now among Republicans and among conservatives, and with very good reason. He sold his soul to the devil, otherwise known as Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, sold his soul to the devil, all in a fit and, and rage of anger and jealousy over a man that he wishes he could be. And it's just that simple. All right, uh, we're supposed to talk to Jim Jordan. Obviously, we have not made that connection. There's been a shift in the schedule, perhaps. We're still trying to make that work. We'll try to get him on as soon as we can. We'll take a time out now in case we can make uh, connections with him during this break. But before we do, I want to give an alternate reading to the Devil Went Down to Georgia lyrics that our man Charlie gave us uh, prior to the uh, prior to the break. He had a, The reason I asked him to continue is because I thought he had the same thing I had. He actually had... Um, Something that was just a little bit different than the uh, lyrics that I read and that I shared last night with Charlie Daniels, literally. Uh, so let me see if I can uh, read this. And actually, now my screen seems to have frozen on me, so I guess I can't read this. I'll do that on the other side. So we'll take our break now. We'll come back, uh, and we'll try to connect with Jim Jordan. And if we can't, we'll connect with you. 216-901-0945, Back after this. comes out to this at the press conference at noon today. I swear to God, that would be awesome. Can you imagine President Trump at noon today? He's supposed to speak today. You can let that play under me here uh, if you want, uh, Andrew. That's classic. Um, The president is supposed to address his acquittal today at noon. Not sure how he's going to do it. Not sure what he's going to say. I don't know if he's going to take the high road and tell everybody to put this nonsense behind us now, or if he's going to punch at them uh, and say, in your faces, uh, you pathetic losers. I don't know. But if he came out slowly walking like a pro wrestler to the ring, to we are the champions, <laughs> I swear to God, I would become a Democrat and cheat and vote twice for him. <laughs> I wouldn't become a Democrat, but I mean, I would act like a Democrat and try to cheat and vote twice. Uh, that would that that would that would do it for me. Come on out to We Are the Champions, and then tear the articles of impeachment into the way we did last night, the way we did at the um, uh, the acquittal party at uh, Time Warp Bar in Westlake, and the way Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, went full savage. Did you see that yesterday? Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker, tweeted. An image of himself saying the president is acquitted forever, and then tore, well, presumably, the articles of impeachment in half on uh, on Twitter, which was just classic—a classic response to Nancy Pelosi. So, I would love to see the president come out to this music and to uh, and to take that step. That would be something. All right, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. Just got a message from uh, Jim Jordan's uh, media guy. He says. Um, the uh, congressman got pulled into a meeting right after 9 o'clock, and he asks if he can call tomorrow. So, uh, obviously, we will accommodate him and have Jim Jordan on the program tomorrow. They apologize for the scheduling conflict today. And he's in Congress, for crying out loud. He's very important. And I would imagine they do get pulled into last-minute meeting, meetings all the time. Oh, also, 
I promised I would uh, share this with you, so I want to do this. The uh, other side, or not the other side, the other version of the lyrics that uh, our friend, the politically incorrect mechanic, Charlie, tried to do with us, or did with us. This is the one that I got yesterday. Somebody sent to me that I sent to Charlie Daniels himself. The, of course, the man who wrote uh, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. And it's just one, it's just one verse. It's just the chorus. The, de- not even the chorus. Um, the devil bowed her head because she knew that she'd been beat. And she laid that golden pen on the ground at Donald's feet. Donald said, Nancy, just come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you drunk old bat, I'm still your president. <laughs> that was the one that I got uh, yesterday. And I got to tell you, I'm going to go with my version. I think that is mine. I just liked it better than the one Charlie found. And I would be perfectly happy if he did that today as well. I want to get uh, a couple of more pieces of audio here for you before the top of the hour. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper is going to join us after the top of the hour. That one I know is locked in. I talked with him this morning. Um, I, want to, I want to play for you Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell sometimes gets the, the street cred with the uh, nickname Cocaine Mitch, which is just hysterical. And I love that Hugh Hewitt never calls him Mitch McConnell. It's always Cocaine Mitch. Um, but, of course, he has... The image of a very soft-spoken, mild, some might even say meek, and some critics might even say weak. That's the image. That's the, the, the persona that he portrays. And I think that is an absolutely phenomenal ruse on his part, because Mitch McConnell is a straight-up savage. He is. Mitch McConnell played this game perfectly. Mitch McConnell was a master grand champion at the game of chess in this entire affair. You remember what he did last week, right? You remember before the uh, trial got started, he told, or not before the trial got started, before the um, uh, uh, vote was held over witnesses and more documentation, Mitch McConnell got the Democrats' hopes up and played everybody when he said, I don't think I have the votes to stop witnesses. And that started getting every senator thinking, oh my goodness, what is going to happen if we have witnesses? How much longer is this going to take and where will it go? And I think that shocked every Republican into uh, action and saying, no, we've got to make sure we stop this. And just about all of them did. Mitch McConnell knows how to play the game. There's an old phrase, this isn't my first rodeo, this isn't his hundredth rodeo. Mitch McConnell knows how to play the game, and he plays it savagely. I want you to hear Mitch McConnell now uh, in a press conference yesterday after the acquittal talking about the Democrats in the House of Representatives and the extraordinary miscalculation and mistake they made by messing with the impeachment process, especially with him in charge of the majority in the Senate, which would hold that trial. Well, first, I, I obviously hoped that the result in the Senate would be similar or exactly the same as the result in the House. And I think the message there is don't do partisan impeachment, which remembers what the, what the Speaker said, and she was initially correct about it, what she said sometime back. Uh, we don't want this to become routine. All of us looked at a number of things the founders said when they put impeachment in the Constitution. And they really were concerned about it becoming a kind of routine effort based on policy differences or personality differences. Sound familiar? I mean, the main thing that drove Andrew Johnson 
impeachment, but they just didn't like him. <laughs> Sound familiar? I mean, that's... He is so understated. I just, I, I mean, he is driving knives into the demon rats. And and it's so, so quiet, and like I said, so meek-sounding. Some even say weak. But it, what he is saying is is absolutely devastating to them. They impeached Andrew, uh, Andrew Johnson because they didn't like him. Sound familiar? I just really, really understated, low-key savagery. More. Kind of thing. It seems to me the founders did, did not want to happen. That we get in a routine of doing this all the time because we had a policy difference or a personality difference. So I'm, I'm glad it ended the way it did. I hope the message to the House of Representatives, don't do this again. Don't do this again. What a, what a phenomenal way to close that. The message, House, Nancy, Adam, Jerry, Maxine, Al, the rest of the demon rats, don't do this again. In other words, don't come for the president now, between now and November, and if you maintain the House in November, which I absolutely pray to the heavens above, to God Almighty, they do not have, but if you try this again in uh, his second term, when he wins again, the results are going to be the same, but the consequences to the country are going to be devastating. Don't do this again. He doubled down on that, by the way, last night on Hannity, talking about the colossal political mistake the Democrats made. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the best evidence of that, and you've been talking about it, I'm sure, for 24 hours, is the Speaker tearing up the President's speech. How childish and petty is that? What kind of example is that set for the American people about how we ought to conduct ourselves? I mean, have we forgotten how to be civil to each other? Particularly when we're in Congress, sitting together, not out on the campaign trail, not at rallies, but at least among ourselves, we ought to be able to to disagree and not behave like a bunch of uh, children. So he focused specifically there on Nancy's behavior, but uh, talking about the entirety of the decision to impeach on purely partisan political grounds. Uh, What a colossal mistake that was. And you know what? It's one that the Democrats are going to uh, resent. uh, They're going to regret and they're going to do that uh, for the entirety of the summer to come. And yes, in November when the president is reelected. News time now. Dr. Everett Piper joins us with, with his thoughts on all of this and more coming up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.